0: hey hey what's up this is tayo hayashi your host and welcome to the dunamis podcast this is our first episode so come on give it up for yourselves you are in the beginning the small beginnings of something that we believe is going to bless a lot of people so i know that the content that's going to come out of this is going to encourage you so why don't you just you know, share this with as many people as you can. And while you're doing that, I could ask you, if I could ask you a favor, also subscribe to the platform where you are consuming this content, whether that be Spotify, Apple, or whatever it is. Just subscribe so you can be in the loop of whenever fresh stuff comes out, you will know it firsthand. And if you haven't followed us yet, on the Instagram page that we got, The Dunamis Movement. Follow us at The Dunamis Movement. Well, a little bit about myself. I am the founder and leader of The Dunamis Movement, and uh, I am actually half Japanese. That's why I have the name Hayashi. I am half Italian, and I was born and raised in Brazil, so I speak Portuguese. And also, I was educated in America. That's when I moved over to study and did ministry here for a while and then got into missions. I'm back in Brazil, but currently living in Hawaii. And people say, well, that's kind of very all over the place. Well, you know what? I love it that way because I believe uh, we are here just in quick, quick passing, and while we're here, we're representing nations. We are, uh, you know, we got our own ethnicities. But you know, one of the things that I am reminded is, you are a kingdom citizen. You are a kingdom citizen. I represent a kingdom that is not of this world, and I answer to a king that is not of this world. So today, I want to talk about kingdom. That's right. I want to talk about my kingdom, and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's your kingdom, and uh, if you believe in God, let me tell you, he is the king of all kings. So come with me on this journey. Obviously, Covid accelerated all the, you know, all this this world that we live in, and it's it's never been as globalized and as digital as it is today, and uh, that also uh, has ramified into changes in church and mission trends. So church and mission trends also have accelerated, and uh, we see a lot of fast changes happening, things that you would have the impression would take maybe a decade, maybe happen in a year. I don't know. I know it was extremely fast. And um, one of the things that I've been hearing is people looking at this society that we're in and saying, I've never felt so much as a minority. The Christian thought, the Christian conviction and the biblical worldview is now something that very few people adhere to this. And sometimes you may feel like, uh, I think it was Elijah saying, hey, I'm the only one when God is saying, hey, there's 4,000 other prophets. And I don't know about you, but uh, at times I've felt like, hey, I am so small. I am so insignificant. The opposition is so huge. The wave that, that is coming against kingdom culture is bigger than the kingdom culture wave. But let me tell you something. I think it is interesting how God, and by the person of Jesus Christ, has taught us so much about the kingdom. And every time, every time he talks about the kingdom, he is describing it as something small. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He says, the kingdom of God is like leaven. He also says, the kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price or a hidden treasure in the field. Now, if you think about these uh, analogies that he's using for the kingdom, they are small analogies that have great and big and huge effect. Think about the mustard seed. A mustard seed, the smallest seed, goes into the ground and becomes the biggest tree. Think about leaven. A little bit of leaven, It takes over and dominates the whole dough. Think about the pearl of great price. A pearl is something small but with a huge price to the point where everybody wants that pearl. Crowds are going after that pearl. Think about the hidden treasure in the field. The the field is huge but the treasure is small but the treasure is so powerful to the point that you're going to buy a huge field just because it has a small, small treasure hidden in it. Do you get that? It's the mentality that is not the typical minority mentality of victimized mentality. God is not calling us to lead this as a victim mentality minority, but as a small and mighty minority. And when I say a minority, I'm just saying that we look at culture, and some can argue that we live in a post-Christian world. So what does it mean to lead and represent kingdom in a post-Christian world? It means that even though you may feel small, you carry such a power that makes you mighty like David before Goliath. And many times I feel like we get the fact that we are David before Goliath, but we don't get the fact that David had a conviction that Goliath didn't have. David had a conviction that what he was going to do was come back home with a W. He knew that. Now, this is the thing. I grew up in Brazil most of my life. Part of my childhood I spent in Europe, but I'd say most of my growing up, my childhood was in Brazil. And Brazil today has one-third of its population as born-again believers. But it wasn't like that when I was growing up. And in the global south, generally speaking, in Asia and Africa and Latin America, we see that in the last two, three decades, the quantity of Christians skyrocketed. But if you're you know in your 30s or in your 40s or in your 50s, you will remember the time when we led or represented the kingdom as a minority. And many of my brothers in the Northern Hemisphere, whether that be North America or Europe, are experiencing this right now in 2021. And I just want to share it with you, a biblical concept that works, whether you feel like you are in big numbers or in small numbers. How do we represent the kingdom Understanding that we may be small or we may be big, but whatever the case, the kingdom has always been taught as something small that has huge power. One of the things that I know is I will be eternally accountable for how I use my kingdom influence on this earth. Check this out. I'm on this earth, like I said. I'm here maybe, I don't know, eight decades, nine decades, I want to say. Maybe just seven decades. But whatever I do here, with my kingdom influence as a kingdom ambassador, I will be held accountable eternally on the next side. So what I do with my influence in this temporary world, whether you're living in the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, in the east, in the west, whatever you do with your kingdom influence today will matter forever we will be held accountable for our kingdom influence that we have on this earth and it's important for all of us to have people in our sides like mordecai was to esther when i think about the young generation in the kingdom today and you're probably listening to me you're part of that generation i'm part of this generation i think about queen esther esther a gorgeous woman right Esther grew up, everybody thinking and saying, wow, you're so beautiful. I mean, she, she had influence, right? I mean, she, she obviously had to question herself along her journey. Why is it that God made me so gorgeous? And Mordecai was there to remind her why she was so gorgeous. And Esther 4, verse 13, Mordecai is actually discerning that her his cousin or his niece, what depending on the translation, He's discerning that she's about to back out when she is most needed for the Jewish people. She needs to step up and save the Jews from extermination. And she is in a position where she's the queen already. The king does not know she is Jewish. She She thinks she can hide in the palace. And Mordecai is there to remind her, listen, you have influence for a purpose. He says, do not think in your heart, that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. See, this is the thing. Esther was thinking, if I can just hide here in the palace behind my influence, behind my giftings and my talents, maybe I will escape this trial. And I know we're living troublesome days and I know we're living trying days. But see, this is the thing. The temptation is for us to hide behind our influence. And so, He says on the next verse, 14, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You see, Esther was so gorgeous, she won the beauty pageant, now she's the queen's wife, or the king's wife, she's the queen Esther, and, and now she's in the palace, she's, she's comfortable, she's got influence, and Mordecai is trying to get the word to her and say, hey Esther, don't forget why you were placed in the palace in the first place, don't forget why you have your giftings, don't forget why you have your influence, don't forget why you have your talents, he's saying, listen, You were born for such a time as this. And this is what I found out, that many people will get lost with the blessing, with the influence. Many people will get lost in their own palaces. They will get lost with their own talents and forget the one that gave them the talent, the blessing, the palace. Because many times we'll get so inebriated with favor. Does that make sense? Check this out. She was, she was in a point where she was so surrounded by opulence. She was so bougie. I mean, she, this, this woman was living favor to the point that her uncle had a, hey, remember why you're there in the first place. You were born for such a time as this, Esther. You better not back out. That's what he's saying. She was forgetting. Why is it that I am here? Now, why, why is it that she, she's in that place of forgetfulness? Why is it that she's in that place of distraction? Why is it that she's in that place of uh, temptation of backing away from her responsibility or from her purpose? I have a theory. You see, this is the thing about kingdom transformation. As yourself and myself, as kingdom ambassadors, sons and daughters of the king, This is what comes with kingdom mandate. You get kingdom influence. You get it? You're going to have kingdom influence that serves a kingdom purpose. But whenever your circle of influence is bigger than your circle of purpose, you will abuse influence. Now, I know you know that already, but this is what happens. Think about a circle. A circle of influence that's big. And think about a circle of vision or a circle of purpose that's medium. If you overlap these two circles, the circle of purpose is inside the circle of influence, which means that your influence is greater than your purpose. And in between, you have a discrepancy, a difference between your purpose and your influence. Now, that discrepancy zone is dangerous. You hear me? That discrepancy zone is where you will face unnecessary temptations. That discrepancy zone is is very tricky because in that discrepancy zone, you will face unnecessary distractions that have potential of taking you out. Some people ask me, what do you mean by the discrepancy zone? I am talking about You haven't. So much influence that it does not match your purpose. And therefore, that huge influence will put you in certain parties, will put you in certain social settings that you don't understand. Why is it that I am here partying with these celebrities? You didn't understand that in the first place, you were supposed to be a kingdom ambassador. You're sitting before some multimillionaires and you don't understand. Why is it that I'm getting favor with these people? Because you have so much influence, but not a big enough vision. See, the the danger is when your influence outgrows your purpose and vision. That's when you are susceptible to be corrupted. That's when you're susceptible of starting off strong to cause kingdom transformation, and then suddenly you find yourself tempted to hide behind a palace. I mean, That wasn't you in the first place. You began strong. I mean, you wanted to save the Jews. I mean, you wanted to cause a difference. You wanted to make history. But somehow now, your attention, your passion, your affection is going on to, you know, direct it to certain things that you're thinking, man, how did I get here? I'll tell you how you got there. You have a huge influence and a medium purpose. And that discrepancy zone is the same thing that caused King David to fall into temptation. 1 Samuel chapter 11 starts off in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Kings were supposed to go off to war in the spring. Right. I mean, I mean, that's how the text starts to point us to the fact that David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites. It's David saying, hey, hey, I know I'm supposed to go to war, but y'all, you know, I got people now. I I got I I got people to do stuff for me now. So y'all can go to war for me because I'm just going to be here in my palace, which is the symbol of my influence. That is what he's saying. Verse 2 of 1 Samuel 11 says that one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. See, he had no business being in the palace. If he was in the battlefield, he wouldn't have been on that roof. If he was out doing his purpose and, and fulfilling the call of God in his life, he wouldn't have been, you know, wandering with insomnia on his patio In the middle of the night when there's a a beautiful lady who's his neighbor having a bath, taking a bath. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful, says the text. Now, check this out. David was hiding in the blessing of the palace when he should have been in the battlefield of his purpose. You you don't want to get caught just, just chilling in your influence. Because the enemy will take you out when you're just chilling in the radius of your influence, in the patio of your palace. Does that make sense? I tell my wife, I tell my my, my team, I tell the people that are following us in ministry. I say, hey guys, the best version of Teo Hayashi is Teo Hayashi in need of a miracle. I need to need a miracle so bad that I find myself dependent on God constantly. See, the best version of me is me desperate for a move of God. If I'm not desperate for a move of God, I get self-sufficient. I know how I am. If, 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 I, if I'm not desperate for a breakthrough, I start, I start feeling like, hey, I don't need to do that. I'll just send people to do that. I I just want to get, I get seduced by the palace. Now, check this out. Every kingdom assignment carries kingdom influence. And kingdom influence could be the, the very thing that takes out the kingdom assignment unless you don't keep the kingdom assignment in the forefront. So my purpose, Teo, how, how do I know that my purpose or my circle of purpose is, is big enough to match my influence or my giftings and my talents? I'll tell you how you know that. My purpose should require a lifestyle of faith. If, if I have a big enough circle of purpose, that should require of me a lifestyle of faith. Does that make sense? So it's, it's only a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle that's always dependent on a miracle, a lifestyle that's always saying, Lord, if you don't come through, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be disaster. You, you want to be there, right? Think about it. When you are in need of a miracle, you are not cocky. When you are in need of a miracle, you are not insensitive, When you are in need of a miracle, you are tenderhearted. When you are in in need of a miracle, you are very empathetic. When I'm in need of a miracle, I am so focused on the next word that comes out of my father's mouth. See, when I'm in need of a miracle, you know, I'm always dependent on him and and the word says without faith it's impossible it's impossible to please god so so when i look at this lifestyle of faith i can only conclude this it's only a lifestyle of faith that will make your talents your skills your influence your giftings try to run and catch up with the god-given vision that you have so i want to encourage you right now As we're looking for kingdom transformation, Lord, I want you to increase my influence. But Lord, I want you to increase my conviction of the call of God in my life, the conviction of your purposes over my life to be always bigger than my influence. I want to erase the discrepancy zone. I want to make sure that even though I may have a lot of influence, my influence is always trying to catch up with the vision that you gave me because I'm always going for bigger vision, bigger purpose, and that will put me on course of a lifestyle of faith because the best version of myself is myself in desperation of a mighty move of God. I hope that that's blessed you. I hope that you're encouraged. Share this with people that need that and I'll see you on the next one.